like the night before. So I was stuck at the airport forever. And then I got in, had like a super early call time. And I showed up at set like on like maybe five hours of sleep. And then they were wanting to interview me about queer issues. I was like, I can't put thoughts together. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, so my name is Ty. I sent it to Alex and Alex was like, you sound so fucking annoying. (laughs) I was like, to be fair, you could really have sent it in anyway. And I feel like that would have been his response. Yeah. I feel like that's like the go-to. It's a curse of my voice. People Mm -hmm. literally like shot on me whenever I was younger. I was like, you have the voice of a chipmunk. I feel like honestly, all that's going to end up happening is I'm going to develop more vocal fry the more we speak. So mm. it's going to be really fun. And also, if you see me on my phone, I'm not texting. I have no. It's a coping mechanism because of my ADD. My brain only forms like one thought every hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it takes a while for me to like get my shit together. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me intro you. Da, 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 da. Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and I'm very excited for this week's guest. This week's guest is a Iranian-American visual artist and model. Welcome to the show, Tyler Mazahari. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Noor. I why can't wait I, to get into it. Why am I laughing immediately? Because I have stage fright, and this is my first time on a podcast. <laughs> you're like, we're on stage right now. And like, no, like when you were coming over, you were like, is there a visual element? I was like, absolutely the fuck not. Could Do not never- put me on video right now. I'm in the same outfit that I was in Friday night. <laughs> like, it's, it's Monday. It's Monday. I've had a weekend Wait, there. you look kind of cute. What is, what is this? This is basically what you saw me in last time, except I'm in a vest, now I'm in an and vest. And no, that's like the- you were wearing different pants. You had cool pants that had like a button around the crotch. Okay, well, that was at the Dion Lee dinner. But oh, no, whenever I ran into you in Dion Square, oh, I was wearing these jeans. The very cursed. My, my thrifted Levi's I got at Beacons like a week ago. Wait, like for how much though? $20. Holy shit, I need to go to Beacons College. Also, they're like kind of the perfect wash and they're like low rise. I really like them a lot, honestly. I have really terrible luck with finding denim in New York is what I found. Denim is all I have. I have two suitcases of it underneath my bed right oh, now. <laughs> I love denim, but I'm also like, I can buy a pair of orange tab Levi's in Florida for $5 every time That's I go. You insane. know what I mean? That's so insane. yeah, I'm like, I feel like I'm very spoiled and I'm like, they'll fit me perfectly. Like someone else took them in already, but like that person's ghost is like looking over me and it's like, those are for you. Well, also I keep ordering like orange tabs on eBay with this, like, f- like this dream that I'm going to find the perfect pair of flares and they come and I'm like, these have been, I literally paid like over $100 for this one pair and they came in and they had been altered in to be a skinny fit. And I was like, I, that's, what do I do now? That's a crime. And now, yeah, now they send the back of my closet and I've done nothing with them. I need to pass them on to somebody maybe else. Maybe like turn them into shorts. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's summertime. I haven't, I, I have like leg dysmorphia where you I leg dysmorphia? really hate any sort of short. Why? Do we want to get I, into I it? I feel like I have meaty calves that are like disproportionate to my arms. <laughs> I'm like, first of Al- all, Alex gets out of me because he's like, babe, literally, the way you perceive yourself is so crazy. And I'm like, I think it's just because I have really small arms because I don't lift things. I also don't like to lift things. But then I run around in like a heeled boot 24 7, so my like legs are built up. Oh my God, you just like explained to me so many questions that I've had about my own body, which yeah, is like, why a, do I have leg a, muscle? Yeah, put me in a heel and my calves go crazy. Not even just a heel, like a heel that weighs like 10 pounds. Yeah. Like I'm literally lifting weights. I could be walking like 10 miles like up and down the city and I am still in a heeled boot. I don't own, I don't think I have a sneaker with me in the city. I think they, I left them all in storage in LA. I have like two pairs of sneakers that I will wear, but like against my will. Yeah. Like it's like, fuck, I actually really... I have to wear a sneaker. Like well, I'm going hiking. Of my, it's you because know of I mean? my calves. <laughs> it's because of my calves. I don't. Yeah, I won't wear. But I'm like, sneakers. I feel like a, a meaty calf sounds kind of nice. 
but not whenever you have like twig arms i don't know I mean, your arms seem proportionate to your body now i'm like just uh, staring at tyler's know, arms <laughs> Le- lesson of this is i need to go to the gym and work out my dysmorphia but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but maybe i'll turn my orange tabs into like micro mini shorts and get into like the 70s Extreme of it all fun. we love it yeah. just, like, you know what fuck it let's just fuck make them booty shorts denim booty shorts literally like for the past year all i've been wearing is like jumbo clothes like the only pair of shorts i wear are like gigantic mm-hmm. like they're these like jumbo gray ones from hope and i need to kind of like give them a break i don't know i'm like i just like tr- i want to wear baggy clothes because it's hot as fuck outside mm. and like i'm my whole body is covered at all times so i'm like i would like to not be like sweating in my tight jeans but i just love tight jeans i just love them i well, love them. Th- literally i walk around looking like i'm like swimming and i think like also um i don't know there you there's such like a proportion play yeah. if you wear like jumbo pants you have to wear a really tight top and then I just don't have any really tight tops right now. I just really don't have any tight tops right now. I don't have any tight tops right now. Um, Well, I mean, listen, body dysmorphia plagues us all, and it's not your fault, and it's not my fault. This is my coming out as a... um body dysmorphia activist <laughs> this, this is why and you're and like, i don't post ever because like, i'm literally like sorry i can't if you have giant calves cover them yeah so, no don't <laughs> you're like be ashamed be honestly i love like meaty calves on like a man anybody else just, not, like, me. just not me it gives me like this like combo yeah i don't know I'm like, okay, so, like, I try to think, because, like, I feel like I definitely, like, dabbled in body dysmorphia for several years, and then, like, one day I just woke up, and I was like, well, I'm tired, and, you know, what? Yeah. like, I give, I give up, but things that help me, this isn't, like, from, like, a actual, like, you know, no studies have been done, this is my personal opinion, if I, like, have a feature that I don't love, but, like, one of my parents has it, I'm like, oh, I just, like, look like my mommy, or I just look like my daddy, and that's nice. Oh, I'm built, I'm you know? growing into my, like, dad's build so rapidly i look at him every time i go home and i'm like whoa that's crazy but isn't it kind of sweet yeah i mean i i all my like facial features and like my build because my dad's just like this like petite man who's like very like lanky and then he has like he has the middle eastern rice gut and that's what i have to look forward to listen dad's been eating good dad's been getting the listen rice is so essential i don't know if my dad's been eating good he he literally just eats like raw garlic and onion all the time (laughs) he's probably like has no inflammation yeah i'll tell you that sulfur in that gut probably does not get sick at all yeah terrible heartburn though definitely yeah yeah crazy but i don't know Mm. I'm getting it sorted out. Yeah. Wait, do you have siblings? Yeah. I have an older sister by seven years. She is still in Arkansas, married, chilling, pharmacist. She looks a lot she looks a lot more Middle Eastern than I do. She got the coloring and then I like can tan easily, but like in the wintertime I look very Caucasian. So you were born in Arkansas, like for real? Yeah. Like deep in deep in it. Um, Tell us more. So let's see. Let I'm basically going to act like this is like my first day of class because I feel like this is always my favorite party trick. Everyone um, meet Tyler. Yeah. So fun fact about myself: I'm from Fort Smith, Arkansas. It's like Never a heard of really me. small town on the border of Arkansas and Oklahoma. Um, not much to it. Every time I go back there, like the city is drying up really quickly. But um, I think it was maybe. I think it was whenever I was in high school, um, U.S. News came out with an article ranking like the most miserable cities in America, and Fort Smith was number one. Oh, can you like even worse or than deny? even worse than Flint, Michigan? And Flint, Michigan doesn't have that's kind of bleak. That's kind of bleak. Yeah, that was really crazy. Um, I don't know. There's just like there's a really crazy gerontocracy that's running out of there, where it's ran by only like really elderly people who want to like 
conserve and preserve like the culture and it's just like really crippling the city from being able to progress like culturally and bring in because everybody who's young like the entire city revolves around the two major high schools and then everybody goes to college and everybody moves away um so the more i go back there it's really just it's just like old people who are like elderly people who are like in their retirement um like poverty rate and like suicide rate and drug use is like really crazy there Big, that, big fentanyl vibes. That does sound a, a little sad. I have to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it was a little bit bleak. But like, I go back now and I'm happy that I came from there because it's a good... Um, it builds character. Well, it, like, it, built, it definitely built character and it built my perspective on everything. But also it serves as like a good benchmark for me to go back to and s- see like how far I've come. But also I get to go back and like touch grass mm-hmm. and be like, okay, because... I don't know. I'm living in like a major city like LA or like New York. It puts you in this like big bubble. And then I get to go back and like get perspective on like how the greater majority of the world like lives. And like, um, I don't know. Also there's something very charming about like suburbia. I like really hated it growing up, but now I realize like there are like the, the sweet frills of like slow life. I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, when I go to Florida now, I'm just like, immediately I need to get in my car. I need to go to Starbucks drive-thru. Then I need to go to Target. That like, that's what I need to do. My first year of college, uh, because my, or I originally went to Emory my first year of college down in Atlanta. Um, And we had no way of like getting to the city unless we like called an Uber and I would just like did not have money. So I literally stayed on campus 24 seven. I remember being in an anthro course and we were talking about like, I don't know what necessarily the lecture was about, but I just remember um, her pulling up like a Target logo and talking about Target. And I was like, God, I miss that so much. You're like um, eating for Target. You're like itching. Well, there's really like not much to do. Like whenever I go back to my hometown, yeah, I am so happy to be back with my car and be able to drive around and like listen to music and do whatever. But yeah, it's, a, it's a rotation of I'm going to Target and then I'm walking around TJ Maxx. Yeah. And then I get bored at night. I'm walking around walmart and seeing what sort of crazy behavior is like going through the aisles someone is definitely on drugs and they're definitely throwing shit around oh no past like 10 it gets crazy the vibes are really really insane but i mean yeah all my friends make fun of me because i'll literally go hang out at walmart whenever i'm bored i feel like i feel safe at like a cvs and eckerd's like i mean eckerd's doesn't exist anymore but like you know walgreens eckerd's was cvs prior to it being cvs oh t yeah from the olden days um but like i love a drugstore i love a grocery store just to like loiter take a little gander maybe buy some white t-shirts like yeah you know what i mean just like ra- a banana i don't know just like random things well run through the gambit like all within like the first 24 hours of being there because there's not because <laughs> also there's I think there's like two big, like we have a savers and we have a goodwill. Like literally I have a checklist every time I get back in town, I'm hopping in my car. I'm going straight to savers and then goodwill. And then there's like a couple like mom and pops. Mm -hmm. And then whenever like, cause I only go for like a weekend at a time usually. And if I go back for the holidays, then it'll be like a week. And by the end of that week, I am walking around Walmart. (laughs) I am just like, sure this you're is like fine. Hmm, what do i gotta do? but it's also like i think it's harder for me to go home for extended periods of time because there is also this like mindset of like i'm missing things not like in a fomo way of like mm. like oh i need to like go to this event or like i need to go do this or that and i'm like i feel like i'm not working mm. and like it's so silly when i think about it because i was like it's it's just a party yeah i don't know i my excuse for not going home that often is because i'm like yeah i have to be in new york to work and i'm like babe i fully could just do this from <laughs> there whatever it's like a dumb excuse but also like flying back to arkansas is a whole hassle how far is it 
I mean, I think the flight now, okay, now that I'm in New York, it's a lot simpler. Because you were in LA. Yeah, LA was a whole process because I would always have to have connection and the flight was so expensive. But now New York to Little Rock has direct flights. I think it's like four or five hours. That's not too bad. I I haven't gone since last year, so I forget how long it is. But um, yeah, that's kind of the annoying part. I have to fly because Little Rock is two and a half hours from my hometown. For me to fly oh, direct into my hometown, that's a lot of work. I'll be honest, is like six hundred dollars. Like I think maybe like it's really expensive. Um, and my parents got to me for not like flying in more, and I'm like, babe, fly I'm me like home. I'm flying. A, I'm like <laughs> spending a home. lot of money. Yeah, and that's like economy. Yeah, to not, I'm like I can go to Paris for like cheaper I than know. this. It's really crazy. Um, but no, yeah, for like years I was flying into Tulsa, which is two hours from my hometown in Oklahoma. And it was just like so grueling because then I would spend like five or six hours on a flight or like in an airport getting there. And then I'd have to spend another two hours driving back home. Yeah. And it was just a whole situation. So yeah, I'm like, mine is like a two and a half hour direct flight and then I'm home in 15 minutes. That's so nice. What part of Florida are you from? Orlando, Disney World. Let's go. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Not comparable at all. If I go- <laughs> listen, you get access to the beach in like Orlando and I'm like, I get to go to the lake. If no, I I'm like, <laughs> definitely Orlando has more things happening. More vintage stores also that yeah. are also just like stupidly inexpensive. And like, I still am gatekeeping like three places. Jeez, I've only been to Orlando once and I loved it. It's actually so cute. And I feel like I think it's even more cute now that I don't live there. Like, mm. I thought it was cute when I lived there. I was never like, I fucking hate this. I mean, no, I really was just like, this is fine. Well, so Orlando and like, well, I guess, yeah. But Orlando and New York are so like opposite yeah. cultures, which is a great. Because like, I mean, I go back home to Arkansas and it's like, I mean, I guess I can go to the lake. I can go, which like everybody there, that's what they do. Or they go like they fishing go or hunting. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I just go back and like so go through the thrift that and that's about it. love hunting. Yeah. I don't know. I went fishing once with my like friend, like Dion and his mom. And that was sweet. And I was like, wow, if only my family did this, maybe I would have liked it here a little bit more. Kind but awesome. yeah, my parents like don't do any of the fun country activities. So I can't say that I come from like, really southern like my mom has like a southern bell accent but it's not like i grew up like on a farm or doing anything crazy so your dad is from iran yes and your mom is my mom born and raised in like fort smith i mean they moved around a couple times whenever they were like in their early 20s but then they settled back in my mom's hometown wait do you know how they met okay i actually didn't know the story until probably like a couple years ago because it yeah, they never really explained it clearly. So I'm parents are very. Sketchy. I don't know whether or not this is like <laughs> somebody fact check me, aka like not you go, saying somebody <laughs> somebody fact check me, like go and talk to my parents about this. But to my Find understanding, out. this is how what happened. Um. So my dad immigrated since he's the eldest son of his family. He immigrated um right before the Persian Revolution, okay. and then he got shipped over to Oklahoma where one of his cousins was going to university and he didn't speak English at the time. And, um, his cousin dropped him off in like this really small town. I forget at the universities. It's like a community college. It's called Carl Albert. I think it's no been one, a while. No one's going to somebody fact check. Um, and so he was going there for university and then um, he his wait, I'm getting lost in my words. So, <laughs> Um, his best friend at the time was dating my mom's cousin and he was taking a photo course at the time and he photographed, um, their wedding and my mom was a bridesmaid in it and that's how they met. And then they started hanging out and then, yeah. Did he speak English at that point? 
this is kind of problematic, but my mom taught him English. And I think about that sometimes. Why is that problematic? <laughs> I don't know, like Stockholm syndrome. No, I'm like, that's actually really cute mom, romantic. don't listen to this. I'm but, like, that's actually so sweet. Yeah, my mom, like, really, like, yeah. Like, that's taught him really fucking cute, especially because mm. I'm assuming your mom did not speak Farsi. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so. <laughs> Nobody in our family speaks Farsi. Sounds very and challenging. It's really, it's effed up. Um, I wish I knew more my like dad tried to teach me farsi whenever i was younger and since i grew up in a small town in arkansas yeah and was like who am i gonna talk in farsi to yeah i just didn't also it's like a totally different like way of speaking because i feel like english and also especially the way that i speak english um as a gay man i speak a lot um from the front of my mouth <laughs> and like arabic and like it's it's so guttural it's from the Mm -hmm. back of your throat Mm -hmm. that like i it was really it's an entirely different way of like you're like using your mouth so uh, yeah you're using your mouth in a different way but like literally if like genuinely if you can say you can say any word in arabic that's just like a fun fact we're not testing that right now because i'm going to make a fuck out of myself Oh, hey, it's me, Noor. Do you want to listen to more episodes of Arab American Psycho, except for it's literally just fucking me talking for an hour straight? You can subscribe to patreon.com slash Arab American Psycho, where I upload three solo exclusive episodes every fucking month where I talk shit about myself and my life and I talk shit about other people, which is one of the main reasons I haven't promoted my Patreon too hard because I really be talking shit. Uh, But yeah, I put a lot of time and effort into it. So fuck it. I'm going to do an ad read on my own show because it's my show. So subscribe if you want to or don't, but enjoy the rest of this episode. The only, like, line that I know is, um, which also I didn't think I could pronounce it correctly, but I remember my mom had, like, a Farsi for Beginners, like, tape that we'd listened to in the car for, like, I think maybe a summer. I think it was, like, Farsi no baladista, inglesi balasi, and I don't think that's correct. I, so, I the people who speak Farsi, I am so sorry, I totally messed that up, but I think it's supposed to mean, like, sorry, my, like, Farsi is quite poor, I speak English. Okay. Who knows? That's, that seems like a helpful thing to know. Yeah. So that, that's like the only... Seems I helpful. guess like salam and blah, 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 blah. The way you say salam sounds like very much it's giving like Iranian princess. Like, you, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like... So like, I feel like also Farsi is like more like of a gentle sounding language than Arabic. Yeah, like, for sure. I'm like salam. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then like fire appears behind me, but... I mean, yeah, my, on the holidays, my dad will like call his family and he'll basically like be sitting in my ear, having me repeat like what I need to be saying. Um, and yeah, my pronunciation is not great. It's really hard, honestly, but growing up like in your school, like were there kids that like were like any type of other Middle Eastern ethnicity? Literally no. So it was only just you and your sister basically. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I... Yeah, I don't think so, because my dad only had, like, one, like, one or two Middle Eastern friends whenever we were young, and also my hometown's really, like, it was really tricky. This was something that, like, we were having to deal with whenever I was in high school, but basically, we have two high schools called, like, Southside and Northside, and they're kind of historically segregated based on, like, the like housing districts, or, like... So they're based on class. Yeah, so, like my high school was super duper Caucasian Mm -hmm. and like our mascot was the rebel, which had to get switched my senior year because our, also our school like Anthem was Dixie, which is like the official song of the Confederate States. It literally is. Yeah. So we had to get all that adjusted our like senior year. And there was (laughs) like, no, no, it was like a big dilemma in our hometown because there's people who are trying to like 
there was like committees that were trying to preserve like the history of it and like they're fighting against like us switching our mascot it was so stupid that's actually really terrifying i'm not gonna lie i'm like yeah. i didn't like i mean i've never been to arkansas before and i kind of forgot i'm like no no that's like scary no yeah and that's like big i Confederate graduated vibes. the first class of like mavericks which mm-hmm. basically is a rebel they were really trying to like tiptoe around yeah. that um but no yeah literally my hometown was like really really crazy in that sense but I, I mean, know. did you feel, like, connected, though, in any way to, like, being Iranian? Or, like, were you just kind of, like, that's, like, my dad and has nothing to do with me? I feel like I didn't get properly tapped into it until I got to, got to college. Okay. So, I think, like, I was sitting in a sociology course, and we were talking about cultural heritage and cultural history. And this was and, when you went to school in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember, like, we were having this discussion. I don't know if I was, like sleep deprived or what but i literally like broke out crying in the middle of lecture Aww. because i was like i have no sense of like cultural heritage yeah. and then like it's been nice because like over the years i was in college and like ever since um i've been able to tap in and like find fellow like queer persian friends and like middle eastern friends just because like i never had access to that and also i think in the same way that i kind of like rejected a lot of my mom's like southern baptist background like i had like a lot of like fear or at least um hesitation like finding any sort of like community um just because i was like i think everybody's gonna hate me because yeah I'm gay uh- <laughs> which like to be honest with you i'm like it that's like kind of a valid fear like it's not mm-hmm. like irrational because i think especially like in those types of cultures it is very much like mm. fucking no well i think also like whenever you're younger it's easier to have the mindset that like my story is so unique and like nobody's like nobody has experienced what i've experienced and then like being able to find other people who are like coming from the same sort of headspace because i feel like um i don't know yeah i found like a couple of people like my fresh or my first year of um school out in la that was actually really really nice so you transferred to LA, like at some point you were like, fuck LA. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, really loved Emory, but, um, it's a huge STEM university. Everybody's there for like pre-med. Um, and so whenever I actually, whenever I was first applying for colleges, I applied in as a poli-sci major cause I thought I was going to change the world. Um, you still can't have yeah, there's time really on my, like, you had a Celsius today. Anything can happen. Yeah, literally. Um, no, yeah, I, my dream school was to go to Berkeley. I really wanted to work on, like, social activ or, like, um, just, like, social activism. Yeah. I was really, because it was, this was, like, following, like, the Trump campaign, and I was super heated about everything, so I was coming in hot about it. Um, and then I quickly realized that I am terrible with history. History is the one course that I, like, simply cannot do, because my brain cannot work in a chronological order. <laughs> I was a big, like, if anything, if I went back to school, I'd probably do engineering, which I consider doing because I'm a big math head. That's like such a huge shift that like I did not expect. Oh, babe, those I words hopped to... around so many times before I saw. Be an there. engineer, you'll make so much money. <laughs> oh, I think about it all the time. I mean, because literally, out of all my AP exams, the only like things I got a five in were calculus and statistics because I nothing less relatable has ever. Been well, no, because I think like my brain works well with puzzles. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like you have a different way of like thinking yeah also my necklace making I like noise it. i'm like, so sorry it's like necklace ASMR. ASMR. i like it the um, little jingle but no yeah i well also i think since i have such bad like add slash adhd we're unsure yeah 
surely undiagnosed. Yeah. But um, with math, like I could listen to music the entire time while I was working on it. And that was a really like therapeutic mm-hmm. way of, because I'm the slowest reader. I get so distracted so easily and I have to read everything like twice. Um, and history was just difficult for me to like keep in a chronological order. Um, Which so, is kind of like the thing. Yeah. So quickly dropped that. And basically my <laughs> freshman year, I was just like, exploring i was taking a lot of anthro courses in sociology and like women and gender studies and i was really just on my liberal arts business um and i grew up doing photography um since i was like in like sixth grade oh shit yeah so i've like done photo for a really long time and my dream whenever i was younger was to be a fashion photographer like a very stanley tucci devil wears prada like <laughs> like whenever because there's just nothing to do so in my free time i would always go to the town like books a million and i would just sit in the back of the Not store books a million. that's only that's my bookstore that we had but yeah i would go to books a million i'd look through all of like the issues and just like kind of pass time and figure out like what i really is liked your dad a photographer because he, he took a photo course okay I don't okay because okay. i was like <laughs> you know you mentioned he photographed a wedding so i was like i know. would love to see the pictures <laughs> um because all of our family pictures growing up i was like why do i look so bunky donkey in every shot You're like this is not very flattering yeah literally me and my sister were like please go to that yeah. but whatever um so yeah that's what like since sixth grade i was constantly like doing that and i was on like Flickr and tumblr uh, Flickr. i've had an i've had an instagram since i was in sixth grade i think Wait, my account's like my that? third 2012 mm-hmm. that was whenever that was whenever instagram like first became oh yeah i'm thing. like I, all, I also had an instagram yeah i was like, an adult <laughs> we only had like what 10 filters to be working from yeah but like they were all like kind of which for the I, time they're the like time. in a revival now. yeah I, I still want people to bring that back fully i know some people who only use instagram filters for their photos but like light because you can like adjust it so mm. like just like a little dash of like vienna you know mm. you know just a little sprinkle oh my god i remember whenever they added that as a feature that you could like remove the filter or remove the border and like oh do god. all the grades i will say the borders were horrendous and i never want those to come back <laughs> i mean did i use them of course i did but like never don't bring that back instagram instagram's like what are things that people hate let's do that see i don't like i don't have access to any of those pictures anymore because i'm on like my third account oh, or actually okay. i think i'm on my like fourth instagram account currently wait wait wait, wait. i've been through eras so but why why are you getting rid of them aren't you just like changing your handle or something and archiving <laughs> you're like because i needed to remove all trace because uh, yeah. let's see i started off with t mazzy that was my nickname whenever i was younger that's kind of cute and then that's kind of cute yeah I yeah right wish you would have that right I did, now like edits yeah. and stuff like little collages <laughs> um and then in junior high whenever i was really depressed i had a poetry account Aww. if anybody remembers tm poems that was me this is my big coming out they were so melodramatic were you anonymous yeah i was anonymous okay. um and so I would like do them all on my mom's computer. And so my mom's laptop definitely still has screenshots of them. And they're so dark. And like, why? Like, so like, what were you going through? Yeah. I, I was like writing about like having my heart broken and I had fully never spoken to anybody. Yeah. Um, but your heart was broken and breaking yeah. and you, you're a poet. So. Um, I was doing all of the arts and humanities. I was carrying Arkansas culture on my back. I was doing collages. I was photography. I was doing... You were like, I was styling. Yeah. I was... Yeah, everything. Literally. And like... Um, so also while I was doing that in junior high and high school, I was just doing like sort of like test shoots for stuff. Like I would... I just had girlfriends... Um, whenever I was growing up that we would like plan shoots. I was a huge fan of like Brooke Shaden, who's just like, I mean, who was that? Um, so 
she's still around um a really big like conceptual artist who i found through Flickr, which her like it's all of her work is so heavily like post-processing and i think that's where i get kind of like my photoshop skills from um which was like being because there's this thing called like um photo expansions where you take like 16 shots and you would expand the frame so that you had this like very like rich depth of field was like layered or no yeah so you would have to it was was such a process i like i don't know how because i was like 13 yeah like a teenage you like on a computer like i've been always i've always been tech savvy 13 14 doing all this i look back at pictures and i was like the way that this took so much work compared to what i do now um but like also you had like the time. Yeah, I had all the time in the world. Cause I remember there was like certain times I would be editing a single image for like over like two days. I go back and I look at those images. I'm like, this is so crazy. But yeah, I would just like girlfriends or people around town who I thought had like an interesting look or had the potential to be a model. Um, I would ask You were if, scouting. Yeah. I, I add it to the task yeah. list. Add it also, to my skills. I'm also in casting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in casting. Um, Honestly, yeah, I could have built some people's careers. Oh, absolutely. I, there's a couple of friends that I, like, shot whenever I was, I was like, you had all of the cards. Because I, like, don't consider myself as somebody who, like, had the chops to be a model, like, at all. Like, I never saw myself being in front of a camera. And then somehow, like, I finessed agency representation. I'm like, I, you guys could have gone so far. Whatever. But <laughs> whatever. Like, I think about them to this I day. think about it all the time. I go through back through old pictures. I'm like, God, she was giving. She was giving. In I this. mean, listen, find her on Facebook. Mark yeah. And, cod but Flyer yeah out. i got back through those and yeah that was like my big thing growing up um i kind of retired it once i got to like junior senior year of high school because i really had to bunker down and focus on academics because the only way i was going to be able to leave arkansas is if i got a good scholarship for university so you like already knew even at like a young age you're like i'm getting the fuck out oh i knew i well absolutely because like i was always also i should come from like super i I think maybe you can relate oh, to this. No. Having yeah. like a having like Middle Eastern parents, yeah. like for sure there's a high expectation. Oh, and absolutely. my parents definitely wanted me to go into medical growing up. And so also as kind of like a way of compensating for the fact that I was gay. I like was so type A about everything. Straight A student, graduate number two in my class, like really bunkered down. Um and so was just like hustling, trying to get my way out. And I think that's like whatever graduated got i was like i got accepted to all the universities that i applied to and i ended up going to emory just because they gave me the most money um that was yeah that was a big thing i needed a scholarship if i was going to go out because like my family i like yeah i mean middle class family in arkansas um, like college is extraordinarily expensive. expensive yeah yeah also like my sister went to school in arkansas because like if i went to university in Arkansas, they would have been paying me like 10 K a year to be going every year. And so for me to not be able to like, for me to be able to argue with my parents, be like, I don't want to stay. Like I need to go elsewhere to kind of find myself. And was it like the type of thing where they were like, we want you to stay? No. Yeah. I mean, obviously like any parent wants their kid to like stick around. I feel like not everyone's parents wants that. Like our parents wanted that, but like, that's not everybody. That's what I was like. My mom most definitely wanted me close. Well, also my dad, but yeah just in order for me to find myself like i really really needed to leave and then uh, how did we okay wait we were talking about me leaving emory this was a long tangent for that but also let's go on another tangent really quickly because i want to go back really quickly on you talking about feeling like you needed to overcompensate academically for being gay like was that something that was like known and discussed or was it just kind of like you knew it so you felt as though you needed to like compensate for something 
yeah, I feel like, I don't know, this is really like kind of sad to be saying, but I felt like me being gay whenever I was younger was like my one, like my one flaw as a son. Um, and so in order for me to like compensate for that, like, cause also I kind of like acted out a little bit while I was in high school. And I feel like if I didn't have like all these other charms of like, cause I, I don't know, whenever my parents would talk about me to other parents of like everybody, I felt like everybody else's parents like saw me in this like greater light than my own parents did. Yeah. Um, and so for them to have the ability to like, I guess, brag or flex on like other people by being like, my kid's so smart and he's yeah. doing this, that, and the other. Um, You're like, that, let me give them this. Yeah. That was like my big thing. And also it kind of gave me a little bit more power when it, like even in social spaces, just because um, like all of my bullies, everybody <laughs> who, like gave me shit whenever I was younger, I was like, well, guess what? Like, I'm going to go so much farther than you are. Yeah, you're fucking um, dumb. Which I feel like, literally, that was all of my friends. Like, I had... Also, like... <laughs> <laughs> I was the first one who, like, kind of came out. But, like, now that, all like, all of me and my friends are, like, grown up, majority of my friends came out as queer since. Um, and all of us were so just, like, overachievers. Mm-hmm. Like, perfectionist overachievers. And I think all of us kind of come from a similar mindset of, like, knowing that if we were going to get out, like, we had to go above and beyond. Um, all of us were, like, leadership roles in high school, like, doing this on the other. Like, my senior year, I think I was like an officer of like three or four clubs Not an officer no i was like spanish honor society president officer vp Tyler. of like the student council like uh, we had uh, we had a um math honor club and i was treasurer of that like i literally like, and they never resume, saw that money my my like my college application was crazy i was coming in loaded um but no yeah that was definitely a thing whenever i was younger of like feeling like i really need to go above and beyond um when did you like come out i guess or did you like have like a thing where you're like i'm coming out or is it just like this is what's going on i kind of got outed before i knew which was really yeah um so in elementary school i transferred so i went to like an elementary school my kindergarten through third grade and then because i lived out of the district and that school had like reached capacity or whatever Mm -hmm. i was forced to go to the school that like was right beside my house. So you didn't know anyone there type shit. Yeah. So I like switched schools. Um, I've always like hung out with like primarily girls just cause I was really close to my sister growing up, I guess. Um, and then I moved schools and literally within like the first week, like everybody, cause I had like a girlfriend at the ground. I was like, I got all these girls tricked. <laughs> you were like, well, no, I was obsessed with her. I was literally in love. I thought I was in love with her. I was like Aww. so convinced. And then I like moved schools in fourth grade and literally within the first week, everybody was like, all of the boys in school were asking me if I was gay. And I didn't really know what that meant mm-hmm. at the time. I knew it was a bad thing. Because yeah, parents, what were you like eight or nine? Yeah. I, yeah, I think like eight or nine. And, um, all I understood was like, it, that was like the worst thing it could possibly be. And so I took it really, really harsh. And I like spent a lot of my like fourth grade year, like going through, like I would come home crying all the time. And then I don't know, kind of like wore that burden for a while, like throughout elementary school. But like then probably like sixth grade, I started to realize, or at least like there was like my best friend at the time. Um, And then this like other kid at my school that like, 
I look back now and I'm like, I definitely had feelings for them because there no, there's no reason for me to be getting so hurt about like oh. them not answering my texts or hanging out with somebody else. Like I was getting jealous. Oh. Um, and then in junior high, I came out as like pan, <laughs> pan, because um, I was like around the time of Ask FM and everybody was asking me if I was gay, and I was like, I like who I like, like based on it was whatever. Yeah, um, I feel like that's very Ask FM. You're, I feel like, like in I, middle I feel school, like that is the natural. Um, either you are like closet for an extended amount of time, and then you eventually are like, Hey, I'm like here, dabbled. or you are like progressive, like by pan, blah 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 blah, and then like which like honestly i'm like it's also you- that's not me that's not by erasure nobody canceled me for that but that was my personal journey yeah, yeah, i feel yeah, like no. other people as well have that journey but it's also kind of a thing where you're in an environment that's like very much like conservative like homophobic you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it wasn't like you were somewhere where like it, it would have been like oh like yay like that's great mm-hmm. it was just kind of like more of like a pejorative thing so yeah like i think that it's there's a lot more like variables and factors that are going to make a small child essentially like Mm -hmm. not really want to say, Hey, this is how I feel. Yeah. I mean, well also I was just like kind of negotiating it or negotiating my identity in my own head because I still felt like the sense of like internalized shame. Um, but then progressive, which also I remember whenever like I posted on my ask FM that I came out as pan, the entire city was talking about it because I come from a small town and they're like, he said he likes pans. Oh my god! I was like, I fucking hate you guys. And then, like, um, Google was very accessible at that point. Yeah. So like, then, look it up. It was probably wasn't until like my first year of high school that I fully was like socially like everybody knew I was gay. Um, I was kind of like whatever because I also had this like drama with this one guy from my high school who's in the closet, whatever. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. And then, yeah. how did your parents like receive it? Oh, I didn't come out to my parents until I was like 17. Okay. My parents really didn't like it. Um, which like that, I'm just going to lay it all out on the floor. We're going to act like we are at a sleepover right now. We are. <laughs> we are. We'll get snacks in a sec. So uh, basically I kind of got forced into coming out to my parents because I, after I was 16, um, I kind of was dealing with like a heartbreak and it threw me into a really bad, like I lost a concern, like a really bad eating disorder. I lost like 40 pounds in three months. Oh, I was fuck. really going through it. Um, and I was practicing learning for, or like, um, I was practicing for my driving exam and my mom at the time was like, she did not know what was going on with my wake. She also, she was working at the time. Um, and she was accusing me of doing drugs because she was like, how are you losing weight so she quickly? She was like, are you on a Zempic? No, she, yeah, literally before it was Zempic. She was like, she literally thought I was doing math. Um, and so I basically got cornered and had to explain what was going on. Um, and my mom really did not take it well. Because like my mom was born and raised in Arkansas and comes from a Southern Baptist background. Right. Um, and my mom, whenever she's upset, she really like comes like she reacts to th- like she's very um reactionary in the sense of like she gets very angry um Women, like she was like si- yeah it was yeah it was silent before the storm like she like acted fine about for like a week and then she like blew up um and so my like it turned into a whole thing and i really didn't have like a great relationship with either of my parents throughout high school um because then also she told my dad even though i told her not to but whatever and then my dad reacted and was like cried about it and it was a whole thing um and then so yeah I mean I like I didn't have any issues 
socially like whenever right. it came to like i had a good group of friends and i feel like i was like decently liked in my high school like of course the jocks gave me like a little bit of flack but then but that's, you had like community yeah i had community and that's where i was like okay well you're all like not to be dumb phobic but you're all dumb and so therefore <laughs> i get to do what i want no this is a safe space for this dumb is a, phobia this is a safe space yeah. for dumb people yeah but um <laughs> <laughs> no but like it was just over time they accepted it Whenever I moved to college, I think, like, after I moved my first year, I think my parents realized, like, very quickly that if they didn't, like, come around or, like, make space for... Yeah, once they made... If they didn't make space for me, I wasn't going to come back. Um, And so, like, after my freshman year, I was able to talk about guys and dating and everything else with my mom, which has been really sweet. And my mom's in, like, a really good place now where I'm able to talk about... Like, it's definitely been, like, a growing process. Um. But now we're in a space where, like, I'm able to talk about, like, my dating life and everything with her, which is really sweet. And yeah. she, I know that she ultimately just wants me to be happy. Um, my dad and I don't really speak about it, but I know my dad knows because I yeah. don't hide it at all. And my all of my cousins in Iran follow me, so they know the type of geisha I'm up to. <laughs> but so I'm like, if you're, and, all of your cousins know and they still like me, oh, like, what's up with that? that? That is the one thing I'm like, you don't need to explain that to me any further because if I'm doing anything and my cousins are watching, my mom will be alerted immediately. And she's yeah. like, what did you wear? Where are you laying on top of? I'm like, a bed. Yeah, y'all, my dad knows. But <laughs> yeah, we should talk about it. Um, yeah, I, I forget what was... Oh, wait. Okay. The tangent. Let's go back. Okay. We're, college. we're gonna, Straight, we're right? rewinding. Now we're going back to you transferring from to, to USC. To USC. Okay. <laughs> that was my transition. That like, was such a long time. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and then, so like I was saying, like my freshman year, I applied in for poli sci and then quickly, which is like on my liberal arts bit was also a Spanish double major. Don't you ask did, me to you say told me anything. That before. Yeah, don't ask me to say anything in Spanish. That like the brain is a muscle, and just like consider my brain fully atrophied. Yeah. Um, because I look back <laughs> and I have like eight to twelve page papers in Spanish. What? And I like I can read it because I know what I was trying to say. But like, if you ask me to have a conversation off the bat, like I think also I just have really bad hearing. Like okay. even in English, lots of I have a hard time. Like during my AP Spanish exam in high school, like there's a part of it where you have to listen to audio and like respond. And I just remember being like, huh? I, I, I got a four on my exam. I don't know how, but, um, but like a four out of what? Four or five. Oh, I don't fucking know yeah. what the fuck a four is. Oh, I was a four like, is, a four is, I was good. like, is a four good or bad? Yeah. I yeah. just, cause also like me and my friends would just like practice. Like we were all like Spanish double majors. And so in high school we would get drunk and talk to each other exclusively in Spanish. And it was probably the worst Spanish ever, but that's what we would do. <laughs> Whatever we practiced. You're like, uh, we were studying. Yeah. But then like on the side of all my courses, my freshman year, I was taking photography as my elective. Um, I don't know. And I like remembered friends like before my freshman year being like, why aren't you pursuing anything within creative? Like you've always been so passionate about it. And I really just, I craved stability so much. Yeah. I was scared of falling on my ass. I didn't see creative as something that was like viable for a career. Um, but during my freshman year, like my photography professor pulled me aside and was like, I think you really need to look into pursuing like this more seriously. Like there's something here. And I like the way that you talk about your work, like you definitely light up and, I don't know, because everybody else that was in the course, like, they would just take pictures of, like... They probably just thought they it was, saw. Like, it was easy, more It was yeah. more so, like, journalistic. Like, yeah. they just wanted, like, pictures for memories. 
Um, and I was like, which I wish I had the same like drive as I did my freshman year. Like I was constant cause there's nothing to do. Like I didn't have access to the outside, like outside of campus. So during all of the weekends, like I would run out the studio and I would just be in the studio 24 seven shooting. In my freshman year, I also had started doing test shoots with, um, this guy who I'd met over Tinder LOLs. Um, and so that was my first time like being in front of a camera. And so I started doing like more self portraiture work as well as shooting other people and like doing like mini editorials for myself. And finally like starting to pave like my direction with things. Um, and definitely playing more with like graphic design and everything else, which I realized that like my work relies so heavily on. Um, I think that's why I liked publications so much whenever I was younger. Cause it is so like, there's definitely like a symbiotic, relationship between the photo and like text and design around it. Um, which I feel like if you look at all of my work now, like it's definitely like, yeah, text is like (laughs) definitely like a central aspect that I like to play with. Um, but no, yeah, that's kind of like I apply, he helped, he did my letter of recommendation, helped me apply for all of my schools. And like I formed my portfolio Wow. Amazing. Um, tender bind. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Was, yeah. I feel like I, that was really like a great, great like friendship yeah. that I'd built and helped me like find my voice. Cause also like my freshman years, whenever I finally started posting myself and then I had agents that were like represent, like interested. And I got my first brand deal after like two months of posting myself. Oh shit. Shout, That's... Out, shout out to American Eagle. Oh my God. Yeah, It was like, it was like no money at the time. Wait, did you do a campaign for American Eagle? Like that was like in stores? No though. Okay. So my, my first campaign, we're not going to talk about because I big beef with the brand. It was so, they, I want you to name them. Did me so dirty. No, I do not want to get sued, (laughs) but, um, no, American was just social and it was like small money at the time. But also it was a small account, but I just remember like getting the DM and being like, I I was with my friend Tamar and I was like, so you're like this is it yeah i was like this is it this moment this um it. no but then, it's fucking exciting like especially yeah. like you've been posting for two months it's not like you had been working at this for years i'm like that's a really quick kind of like response it was crazy to so yeah i was on emory's campus shooting my branded content oh god that was so crazy but then yeah um i got into all of the art schools that i wanted um this is so art school that's is such an I'm elitist lie, like, mess yeah. because literally got like no money from anybody like RISD was still going to cost me like 40k a year NYU gave me $500 which I will say I will flex the fact that I got into NYU yeah. as a transfer because they accept like nobody no no that's what I'm like um, that's crazy so yeah <laughs> you're like then, so I'm really talented and then RISD, and and then RISD was still going to be like 35 K a year which is like, kind of crazy it was crazy because like emory i was paying like no money i was paying like 8k a year which is like really really cheap because that yeah, is like 60k a year that's like for Florida, like private school Georgia, yeah and then usc i was paying like double that mm-hmm. um unfortunately but yeah i transferred out to usc which like wasn't the best program but being out in la definitely allowed me to like get my footing and like make connections i like have been really helpful to where i am now and i did just like a lot of like soul searching and like exploring kind of like finding myself and experimenting. So like as much as I'm not a huge LA fan, like I'm happy that I wound up there. Yeah. Like it it just, it's what you needed at the time. And it's like, maybe just like not your favorite. I mean, it was just like, it was a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And like, it definitely was a step to me getting here, which like, I don't know if like New York is my last step, but like whatever, it's all a process. Um, but no, yeah. 
US, I also like to even end, I didn't even finish USC. I like went there and I almost transferred to, I almost transferred out of art school into, cause I was doing, I applied in as fine art, which my practice is not fine art at all. I definitely come from a very commercial perspective and everybody in my critique kind of gave me shit for that. Cause like fine art is not the space for fashion work, whatever. Um, and so I was doing that. And then I also was doing psychology at the time and yeah, I, got my minor and I was in my last year of the fine art program and COVID happened and I really got really sick of doing like four hour Mm -hmm. studio critiques Mm -hmm. over zoom. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I will say that sounds unbearable. Yeah. Yeah, I got signed in like during COVID and then I left because I was like, I'm making money. I'd rather be make getting paid to produce work than literally paying money to produce work for people who aren't giving me like that insightful of, yeah you're like literally on zoom it's i don't know i feel like that whole thing was just like what the fuck are we up to and why are people paying for this it was crazy yeah so so you got signed to like a talent agency or like what was it? i got signed with ford oh yeah you're with now i got signed with ford october of 2020 i believe um and yeah that really like changed everything like i owe like Georgia and them over at Ford, like my world, because they really like, I mean, I was just kind of like dilly dallying as like an art student. Um, and then I was able to like work with like clients that like I'd always dreamed of. And that was really, really amazing. And also like, I mean, yeah, I, because my friend Justine at the time, like I, cause I just started kind of like getting more of a following because this video of me and my friend Lily blew up. Um, Wait, video where like what kind of video oh my god was it was a tiktok video um i don't know if anybody I, i'm sure somebody has people have seen this yeah <laughs> it was a video of me and my friend lily like trying on like going back and forth with the same outfit and then the captain oh. was like why does everything look better on him um and <laughs> it went like, and it know, went viral sorry. on like tiktok instagram and this is like before like because i don't know like tiktok viral moments used to have a lot more weight it's not like things can go viral and it doesn't mean anything like in Um, 2020 or like around that general time like if you went viral like you're gonna grow like yeah it was crazy like um because also i think it like blew up so much because everybody one did not like didn't know what my gender was and was like middle america was not having me but also (laughs) everybody thought that we were dating which wasn't the case and so also everybody was like, why is she dating a gay boy? And I was like, we're literally just friends. I don't know. Um, People love to make assumptions, yeah. especially on TikTok because, yeah. Once it got to the meme pages of Instagram, like the comments were crazy. But yeah, what, like it got, re- it got reposted on Twitter and the Twitter girls do not play around. Literally, I gained like, I think it was like 40K on Instagram in a day. I just remember I was on the phone with my dad. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it's, like, exciting but scary at I the mean, same yeah. time. The dopamine rush was, like, yeah. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. But, like, yeah, that was really, really insane. Because um, then also it's, like, that kind of changed everything. So shortly after that, that I signed with Ford. Um, and suddenly, like, I had a platform to be attending to. Because like <laughs> The I, way you just said that, you're, like, and suddenly there was this platform. <laughs> suddenly, and, suddenly there was people that were listening to what I had to say about it. And you're, like, oh, I was like, sorry, I need to post a story. <laughs> really no, quick. well, also... I don't know. Cause like I, it wasn't my TikTok, and I didn't really know how oh. to navigate TikTok, mm. And so I, 
I don't know, as like a Gen Z millennial <laughs> I'm like, in between. I was just like, I don't know what to do with this now. It was a lot of pressure. Like, are you not Gen Z? I am Gen Z. But yeah, also I was like, like, that's innate inside of you. But I think Listen to I your, your was... Because <laughs> I feel like everybody who's in high school, you record everything. Like my brain isn't calibrated in a way to do like, I'm just going to be off the fly recording whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like very much so come from the millennial mindset of like i want to curate something yeah yeah which, like, that's like, just like not the creative climate that we're in or like the social media climate that we're in right they now. wanted to seem like you put like little literally a- effort into it anti-effort yeah but that's also like i mean i have a whole other theory about that because i'm like i will see people posting things that it's like okay that's like a bunch of shit just throw on the floor that you clearly just took a photo of and now it has like forty thousand likes but i'm like mm, okay so let me look at this because if i posted this mm. no one would give even a singular fuck they'd be like why the fuck did she post this but i'm like not a skinny white girl so well no there's a lot of discourse about like like the or like analyzing Emma Chamberlain and like the art of the photo dump. Yeah. Which is like crazy. But honestly, this is my theory that I feel like eventually like because art like fashion publications, that's also why I'm not like this isn't this is why I'm not a fashion photographer, why I haven't like pursued it further is because I went to art school and all my professors were like, well publication's dead. Cause like I interned at Flaunt whenever I was my first year out in LA. And yeah, like people are not buying into fashion publication anymore. And like the trend cycle has gone so quick that I feel like we're seeing like a collapse right now, but I think give it like five, 10 years yeah. and we're going to have a resurgence and like yeah. a creative renaissance of people are going to miss that and start to grab back at it in the same way that they grab at like vinyls. Cause there's a sense of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like eventually we will, the like value of the fashion image and the fashion publication will come back and like, curated senses of creativity will have value again but right now we're just like <laughs> tiktok has made it where we're like i don't know like now i'm like i just need to like post a video of me eating like pasta and then like simultaneously doing like a sheen like, and boxing and like farting on live yeah, <laughs> and like, like just and then, like, throwing anything like, at the wall wow we love this i need like, to be on live like doing whatever the weird kink trend where everybody's like mm, yum thank you for that like i've never seen no, the that t- are you have you not been seeing it no you- literally like all of the people like the npc kink that's happening right now I where did- people are literally on live making so much money because people will tip like because whenever you make tips on tiktok live it's like, yeah can you explain it's it like to me? uh you can tip like a hot dog or something like every like, or like there a rose. These, yeah there's roses. these different emojis that have different monetary values okay and so every time that somebody gets one of those emojis they're like mm, thank you for the hot dog yum like and literally like trisha paytas even chimed in on it there's this girl that's making like 7k like i, I think like a month doing live it it's on crazy tiktok but also of course trisha paytas is a part of it she's a part of everything that's ever existed that is a queen i'm so Listen, sorry i love her but i'm like when do you have the time like she I- is so like a troll to the first degree she dressed up as the weekend from the idol the other that that showed up on, and i was like what the fuck are you up to like not in an angry way just like in a like legitimately what are you up to i like i wish i had like didn't take myself as seriously as i do and i was just like you know what sounds <laughs> like i'm just you gonna, know what i'm gonna go on camera mm, and, like, dressed up as i don't know whoever the fuck like and have a mukbang and cry <laughs> like, exactly and i'm like she's like eating nuggets and like sobbing like in her pink escalade and i'm like first no, of all g wagon oh she's g i used to watch her youtube videos but i don't feel like i know as much about her recently now that yeah. she's more like tiktok because well, she has like she's a mother now mm-hmm. she does have insane. a child she has a child and she's like married she seems really happy which i'm happy for her yeah good for Trisha. Um, just like yeah just stop doing problematic things baby she can't she can't stop she really can't i really feel like at this point i don't know if she can 
Uh, I feel like it's like she's a part been like of her low brand. key ish, right? I'm, that's the thing. I'm like, I feel like I'm not. Keeping I'm so tabs tuned on out. Yeah. I mean, after I don't know, I haven't tuned in all that much to like all of the YouTuber drama because I feel like after like the last bang was like the Shane Dawson getting canceled for like yeah. having a relationship with his cat or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's the last thing I tuned. I into. kind of forgot that that was a reason. Yeah. But that's He's important. Been so many times, it's crazy. I really don't like Shane Dawson. I never did. Yeah. No. I Trisha Paytas. I'm, like, I'm not hmm. gonna lie. I was sort of an apologist whenever he was making the documentaries hot take, but then I quickly fell off. I always wondered who was doing that. I was just like, I guess it was damn, you. go off. I was eating up the like behind the scenes of jeffree star and but it was that. just like so redundant it was like over and over like just repeating the same thing i'm like just tell me they were filming on. literally nothing about anything and they were like making a story out of it it was, it was kind such of like big an episode of the kardashians that's literally what whatever it was. yeah it was big kardashian but yeah but um okay so you when did you move to new york and do you live here i, <laughs> I do live here now i yeah. can say that i do um people even whenever I lived in LA, everybody thought that I lived in New York. I just because, always thought you yeah, lived in cause, New York. Yeah, because, well, it's because, I don't know, I've never been like a palm trees, beachy sort of girl. Like, I lived downtown while I was going to USC because it was the closest thing. Like, you, like USC's and, what's well, so I keep saying USC? So, University of Southern California, for anybody who's asking questions, not South Carolina. Um, <laughs> uh, so, USC is out of South Central and... South Central can be kind of like shifty. So I lived in downtown, which is equally a shifty, but whatever. I wanted to live in my big loft and do that Industrial, whole like, yeah, do that yeah. whole fantasy. Expose so, pipes and shit. Yeah. yeah. So I lived in downtown for three years and um, exclusively shot out of there. That was like my vibe. I wanted like all my friends at the time would make fun of me because all of them would be like, wanting pictures i like the beach with like a pretty background or like the pink wall and i was like if there's dirt if there's dirt and grime behind me that's where i want my back like picture to be yeah so i was shooting out of there and then toward the end of covid um i started visiting new york more um because all my like representation was up here and so i'd come up here and like whatever do do the little song and dance Mm -hmm. shake some hands kiss some babies Mm -hmm. um and then it got to a point where I was coming up to New York for like three to six months at a time. Like I would just abandon my place in LA and not even sublet it, which would be paying rent and would be cra- like couch hopping with friends. Um, I don't know. Just cause like, I feel like New York attends to my like ADD slash ADHD, which we still don't know we, which one and, it is. And we might never know. Yeah. Um, Please someone diagnose Tyler. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just nice being up here and like constantly having like kind of the stimulation and having a more direct, like, I don't know, New York has, like, this very intoxicating, like, sense of speed, and everybody's all up to something, and the streets are a runway, and it gives, like, a lot more motivation to, like, get dressed in the morning, because, like, whenever I'm in LA, I saw nobody, and so, like, I would really just be in my apartment all day, or I'd, like, go to the gym, and then I would get dressed to go take pictures, and then I'd come back, and I'd sit in my apartment some more, which is so crazy to me because I'm like, that's what I did in Florida. But in my mind, I'm like, that's not LA. But I think that is LA. That is LA. Like, because also nobody walks around. You're sitting in an Uber yeah. all the time. And then even whenever you like get somewhere, nobody is in a fit. Yeah. They're like in their aloe yoga. <laughs> I was going to be like, they're with, in like leggings. a Gucci bag. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what's the point? And it just feels like, what's the fucking point of me putting together this fit for no one to appreciate? Yeah. But also like, I think that's why... I kind of had my come up during COVID because there was nothing else. Like there was no going out. So all I was doing all the time was like in my wardrobe, like planning outfits, taking pictures, like 
that like that's all I did and that was really like my getaway from university because the university was so just like grueling and uninspiring at the time because I wasn't really like up to anything that I was really into um and so it's a nice like release to be able to go on like Instagram and go on live and like take pictures and like have this like dopamine because I was getting it from nowhere else do you feel like your personal style was like already like kind of established at that point or were you kind of just still trying to figure it out I think I'm like Okay, whenever I was 21, I really thought that I had had it sorted. I thought that don't, I don't had it all figured don't out. Don't we all? Yeah, literally, I was like... This is it. God. This is it. Yeah, this is it I, for me. This is my uniform. Fully was like, 70s is everything to me. Like, I will only have a mullet, and I will only wear flayed pants, yeah. and I will only wear, like, baby tees. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I got, like, when I started... Let's see, how do I want to talk about this? Um, I think whenever the Americana 70s aesthetic started getting co-opted so heavily by straight men, Mm -hmm. because that was my initial attraction to the vibe, was it, like, is a very um, queer-coded look. Like, you were wearing a lot of tight clothing. It, like, exaggerates, like, legs and ass and, like, body and everything else. Um, And also, it, like, allowed me to step more so into my androgyny with having longer hair. Um... I don't know. And I still feel really like attached to that era of my style. Um, but like once it got co-opted that much, it started being like, this is no longer like my badge. It's a right. bad, like it's almost getting read as a badge to a community that I don't feel like at home with. Cause now like if you walk around LA, that's literally every straight man mm-hmm. style. And they're all kind of like gaslighting cheaters. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, like no, it's it's kind yeah. of crazy because I'm like, I feel like now in my mind, like I do associate it with that type of. Oh my god! Also, like the yeah. rocker wannabe is so corny. I'm sorry if I have to talk to like. Say it, say it. I'm literally like god, gesturing number like, get it of out, like really just intolerable men who have been like you are like on all of my like Pinterest boards I'm like this makes me not want to respect this exactly <laughs> it's like wow thank you for taking away my joy yeah I was like but I don't know I feel I I will still say like I think a flared pair of pants will always look the best on me but I think in order to work in this industry you also have, like you cannot be so like one toned on yeah. everything you can't just hit one beat and so like there needs in order, to be more versatility yeah, yeah and so in order for me to kind of like because also i had brands reaching out to me who wanted to work together who like weren't necessarily like didn't necessarily like suit that yeah um and i think like getting to be more within the fashion space in the fashion industry and being exposed to so many different like doing my proper research with like brand heritage and just like these different aesthetics and like the continual exposure like you have to continually be evolving and like yeah. experimenting with things. Um, so yeah, I think like that over the past, I guess like two years, like my style has definitely been in like an influx. I feel like I can be so many different vibes within the span of a week. Um, and also like, I think I came like my come up was in a time where we were in lockdown and there wasn't a lot of exposure. And also I was in my early twenties mm-hmm. and I, because you I was, I, well, yeah, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> in my early twenties, but like I was like 2021 20, yeah. at the time. That's, and like, yeah. I am changing so much so rapidly. Like there's so many life experiences that are on my plate, especially over this like past year that I'm like having to address. I don't think like I'm going to stabilize and really find my like proper sense of self until I'm like, 28 that's like also like i've had this 
because I didn't realize it was going to manifest in my style as well. But I've told everybody, I'm like, I don't see myself even like selling down in a serious relationship until like late twenties because I have so much to find out about myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to go ahead and make like a blanket statement that it's going to like completely stunt your growth. But I do think that like in order for you to continue to grow, if you're in a relationship at such a young age, like you have to like very like intentionally actively continue to grow Mm -hmm. so that you do not become stagnant, which I'm like, yeah, I think that's kind of smart to be like, let me just focus on me right now and like put less effort into like having to fucking actively be like, no, I need to grow. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like I don't know relationships in your early twenties, they can either be like the best thing or the worst thing. Like they can either, like if you guys are growing in the same direction, it can really like push you Mm -hmm. and like motivate you. But if you guys aren't working in the same direction, like I've seen so many people like just be entirely crippled by it, which I will say I kind of started dating (laughs) and it's been really bad for my brain. (laughs) You're like, it's really bad for, it's been so bad for my brain. Like literally I'm, my brain only operates in like a, either I'm dating or I'm working sort of mindset. And like, I feel like you can tell even like in kind of like my rate of production of work is like, am I dating or am I working right now? I'm like, I feel like, I don't know if everyone else knows that. When I say everyone else, I mean someone who's not like, doesn't have a platform, but like it's immediately, I'm like, oh, you're single now. Cute. Like you've been pushing. You see see that everyday post. Oh, they are single girl. Oh, you're you're being so creative. Wow. Look at the production. This is amazing. Like, you know what I mean? You're really focusing on yourself. I am so proud of you, baby. As opposed to like, just like a random picture of you. Like Uh, just, yeah. Me posting like once a month. Yeah. The girl's been going through it. Yeah. No, I'm like, it's, either like you're in a relationship or you're it's depressed literally like a sliding scale it's like okay so you're entirely single you're posting like three plus times a week yeah. if you are like in a relationship count you're knocking it down to one if you like just got broken up with zero posts silence this is, radio silence. this is science okay this, these are facts <laughs> yeah so this is my um anthropological study of posting rates and their intersection with people's dating lives yeah, that's yeah. the consensus. So the, the, my senior thesis. Yeah, <laughs> no, literally, I'm like, I feel like that is very true, though. But I'm like, it's also like, I don't know. It's kind of hard because it's like when you come across someone that you like really like, you're like, are you really going to be like, mm, how is this going to affect my content? Yeah. You know, <laughs> God, I hate it. Yeah. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it. no one is going to think that. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know. My brain gets entirely eclipsed. And then you can also like, I really. Because like, f- from for a creative mind your whatever your your output is or whatever you're generating like i feel like it's an immediate reflection of what's going on in your brain and like even the tone of the way that i am shooting and like the colors and everything else because like even whenever i'm doing like more like produced projects like it so directly correlates to like my mood yeah like i feel like toward the beginning of this year i was in a really i'm just gonna say i was in a really dark place and so like the general mood of my feed was like black muted colors yeah. sad um and like i look back at like whenever things were like a lot more cheery and it was just like all color you're like oh remember they're, they're, yeah so i don't know i feel like it's hard to keep um separation of church and state whenever it comes to that like it's very difficult. yeah so yeah. like if you're like hearts being played with like you can kind of do yeah, and I mean, like, it will take everything in me not to post, like, a song lyric. And I was like, Norris, stop it. Don't stop do it. it. Don't it is not it. 2012. You cannot do that. It is oh not. Oh, my God. Like, you really cannot be doing that. I am like, so guilty of that. I'll put up song recommendations. Just know those are coded. Every time. Coded. I've had friends literally text me. They're like, delete that right now. You're not you as slick as you. You're embarrassing. You're not as slick as you think you are. That's actually very clearly 
fuck you to this person. Oh my God. Literally while I was living in Paris in January, which that sounds so annoying. Well, I was when I was living in Europe. Whenever I was living in Paris. God. I'm like immediately just like. I was just between housing and could not get a place in New York. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to go out to Paris for Fashion Week. I'm just going to stay there. There's a skinny cigarette right now in Tyler's mouth. It just yeah, like magically just, appears. I'm like currently practicing how to roll cigarettes and so embarrassing. Oh my God. About stop it. it. Just please stop. No. Oh, because oh, cigarettes are so expensive. Cigarettes are really expensive. I also really need to stop smoking, but whatever. But also that, but um, I was also like, I'm going to Florida soon so I can buy you a carton. Anyway, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that another time. But I was like watching Tyler roll cigarettes at like a so brand dinner. And I was like, I'll give you a cigarette. It's like, so just bad. please stop. I, yeah, I need to give that up or I just need to like go into a master class. But <laughs> I just remember like while I was in Paris, I was posting and literally my friends were texting me and they're like, just wanted to reach out and like let you know that you were loved. And like, I hope that you're okay. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, so my spiral is like very public. visible. It's very it's visible like, to outside world. Right? That's, that's a, crazy. That's kind of like, it's like, mm, I don't like that. But at the same time, like, I'm glad I didn't have to say anything. Yeah. But like, just, yeah, literally. And I thought that I was being so like with it. I was like, yeah, I got together. No, whatever. <laughs> You're like, I live in Paris. I just, I'm, I'm bad at lying and hiding my feelings. I'm so bad at it. But I feel like it's like a nice trait yeah. to have, or at least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like, I think I'm like trustworthy because I right? literally am the worst liar. I cannot like. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you feel like if someone mischaracterizes you, it's like the worst possible thing that oh anyone could ever do God. to you in your life and like you actually like lose your fucking mind because I do? Yes. Okay, well, this is actually something I've been dealing with lately because I'm like, okay, this is... Uh, having a platform is fucking weird. Let me tell you that because literally I am just now grappling with the fact of like being seen and perceived mm-hmm. out and like people recognizing me and having like a certain like idea of who you understanding. are understanding and yeah. i'm like i which this is kind of like half my own like i this is of my own guilt or like my whatever um because i do posture a little bit more serious and a little bit more stoic online um and so people whenever they see me out they expect me to like i'm they predispose me to being like an asshole yeah same. and i've literally had people be like you give off them like i had like this happened like a week ago i had this like person come up to me telling me that I had like the most standoffish unapproachable energy. And I was like, I'm a clown girl. And I was just like, this is crazy. But that's not even like, even before I'd ever like seen you online or like, I just remember seeing you out somewhere and like, you don't give off like standoffish, like mean, you go off like cool. I'm just scared. You're just, you're I'm just cool. baby. I'm scared yeah. of people. I'm like, but it, it wasn't like in the way I was like, oh, this person's a dick. Like I was yeah. just like, oh, like they're just... It's also, I'm just like really bad with names. I like forget names so badly. It's really a curse. I just, I'm not meant for like industry. There's been like so many times that I have like people who I really should remember their names. I've entirely forgotten. It's like, like, I can really like them and I'll I'll still forget. Girl, I literally have forgotten the name of like important casting Mm -hmm. directors. and I've Mm -hmm. talked to them after like having a test and I won't, I like, I won't remember. And I'm, yeah, it's so embarrassing. But yeah, I just... I think it's also like I explained to this person that came up to me. I was like, I'm like, honestly, like I get a lot of social anxiety and like I grew up like one having a really poor self-image, which I still have really bad self-image, whatever. Um, but yeah, like whenever I'm in spaces, I'm constantly questioning to myself, like, why am I here? And so like imposter. I, yeah, I have. Oh, my God. 
I have, I should be a case study for like one body dysmorphia and case study. Like if I had like a healthy brain, it would be leaps and bounds further than I am right now. We but, can only pray for healthy Yeah, brains. literally yeah. I just got access to healthcare. I will be going to crazy amounts of therapy. You have doctor uh, appointments today. Yeah, but no, yeah, I just like had to expend them. I was like, I'm also just like really anxious and like I'm spend so much time in the top of my head that like I am really preoccupied and like I never want to give off like mean girl energy I just like I don't know I feel like I work in fashion I have to be like yeah I'm like sucking in my cheeks right now if I if nobody <laughs> because you guys happening. can't see me but I'm the like cheekbones were so I high. have to give like cunty. yeah you have to give like Bella Hadid. whereas like I'm like a clown yeah. I am like, I got in the wrong industry. I am not meant to be posturing like Let's just a hot, be serious person just... on Instagram. <laughs> I am supposed to be like on TikTok being like, blah, 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 blah. Which you could. I know. I just like need to get out of my head. I'm like, I think everybody would actually be really astonished mm-hmm. by how unserious I am at all times. I mean, like, it's, it is mind boggling because I'm like, they are very much just like taking it at like, oh, like you're posting photos, you're not smiling, so you're a bitch. Yeah. But I'm like, what do you want me to fucking do? Laugh in my photos? Like, I'm gonna look silly. Like, I'm not gonna do no. that. Like, I'm obviously... I have like intense resting bitch face. Exactly. So I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do for photos. But like, if I'm just like walking around, I'm not gonna like be doing that. If you, <laughs> that, that's if, terrifying. If anybody saw me and Alex roaming through, well, people do see me and Alex walking through the streets, but like, whatever you see us, there is a 99% chance that we are making like jumping around making an absolute fucking fool of ourselves i can confirm this yeah we are so embarrassing please nobody ever record us while we're out um i definitely feel like there's definitely recordings of you and alex just like giggling screaming yelling at each other baby speak not yeah yeah. you do speak to each other and baby speak a lot now that i think about it well okay me and alex do this thing where we're like yeah like totally we Mm -hmm. do we do do a lot like and then me and my friend justine we do baby talk oh you're like, I have a special voice like, well, for all of my loved ones. Which I le- I definitely gathered from her. She does it all the time. And so I was just with her over the weekend. And so I'm like fighting the urge to be like, I don't know. I'm really like a baby. I kind of so, wish you did that the whole episode. <laughs> hey, you guys. So it's me, Tyler. <laughs> Imagine. It's so cute. I'm like looking at the audio. I'm like, and, it's, so, it's, it's literally baby. the tiniest it's note. It's <laughs> literally like so baby. Um, but no, I'm like, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it does feel like you want to explain yourself. But like, I've come to realize just don't. Just don't. Just let them... Just be like, I, I well, I'm not a bitch, so isn't that nice? It's, I don't know. It sucks, but also, like, it did kind of make me, like, confirm with myself that I was like, I need to be more open and, like, mul- like I'm a... V- Everybody is very multidimensional, and I feel like I've definitely only reserved this very limited of myself for, like, what is online, which I feel like, to a certain degree, it's really important to have a distinction between, like, your personal life and then, like, your online life. Right. But I think, like, it's gone to a point where, like, I'm two in my head about it i'm really working on it and i think it's it's but also it's hard hard to to be i feel like it's really difficult to be a like person working within this industry and also have god that sounds so bad also have like a personality i don't know because it's like yeah because the second that you're like humorous you're like commercial and you're like I don't, I hate this. Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's, it's actually really infuriating because I was like very much like posting stories, like type shit, like just talking shit. And then I moved to New York and I'm like, I'm grown. I'm an adult woman. Like I know who the fuck I am. And then I even found myself being like, oh, I can't post that. Like, that's so silly. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, like, first of all, like who the fuck cares? Like I am silly. And so I should be silly, but also like, 
that is where a lot of my audience came from is that they were able to connect with me through that. Cause I was showcasing who I was, but I'm like, I can know all of these things and know that people fuck with it and they like it. And like, you know, there's more of like a connection through that. But at the same time, it's like you see people and like, you're like, Oh, they're so serious. And like, I don't want them to take me less seriously. Cause mm-hmm. I take my work seriously. And like, this is just like me think, being so, yeah, silly. I, th- I think that's the thing is like, I definitely like take what I'm doing and I use like my social media as sort of like a portfolio and it's difficult in order to straddle that line of like, how do you have both, which, you know, we'll get there. Maybe I'll just do more speaking things. I just hate speaking to a camera. I don't know if you know this, but you're doing that right now. (laughs) I know. I'm just trying to like not acknowledge the mic in front of me. It's like a giant, like my jumbo giant mic just like in your face. And you're just like, I don't even see this. I'm dead staring the wall and like not, like I'm not engaging with the fact that I'm Are you looking at Freddie Mercury over there? No, I'm literally looking at this like Statue of Liberty foam hat thing right now. I got that because Mo celebrated 10 years living in New York and had like a New York themed party. And so I stole one. I actually literally was like, give me one of those. And then he handed it to me and I literally was like, bye. Can you put on your hijab? I did put on my hijab. I yeah. I'm like, it looks really embarrassing. So that was for the close friends. So I'm like, Love. oh, maybe that's not for the people. But no, I think even at this point, like just like one last thing about this annoying fucking social media perception, you don't even need to be someone who has like a huge platform or creator. I think that is unanimously how everyone feels at this point. Like everyone has their own fucking brand. Mm. Like it doesn't matter if you post like once a year when you go on vacation or not. Like there is this like idea of, okay, this is my resume, whether it be for work or just like for fucking life or Mm. like whatever. But I want to present this side of me only. And like, not that like you don't like the other parts of you, but you're like, I want this to be like the first thing you see, Mm. but it's, I don't know. I feel like it's, we're all kind of like separating our personality from like our social media presence, like legitimately everyone online right now is doing that. And it's just it's really like, well also there's just like certain brands where I'm like your entire sensibility, which like I really admire their aesthetic sensibility, but their like kind of voice is so stoic and serious. And so whenever like working with clients, I feel like I kind of have to adapt that, which is probably not the most productive mindset. Um, Cause it's not like um, I can work with, I don't know. There's six certain pressures. You're also just like, you're figuring it out as yeah. well because I, this is the theme of this episode. I am figuring it out because I spend way too much time in my brain. And unfortunately, I don't think you can detach from your brain. You I know, wonder if everybody could just hear me crack my back. That was really crazy. I really hope someone could have heard that. I'm like, I'm going to timestamp it so I can go back and like amp it up. You know what I mean? We're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, um, on that note of your crack back, um, we, we have reached the hour mark. So. Oh, we're, or we're actually we're actually over the hour mark. Okay. Just hour. Really well, I hope you guys enjoyed um, falling <laughs> into my brain and hearing what the fuck is going up in there. No, but thank you so much for coming on the show and this for chatting really with me. I'm like, this was actually this so is actually fun. Like- <laughs> and like, and I learned so many fun things about you, and mm-hmm. we we all learned together. This really was first day of school vibes. Like, yeah. let's learn about Tyler. me getting on my soapbox. Yeah, I feel like we haven't like gone to hang out like one-on-one I mm-hmm. feel like this was a really good yeah. um like bonding experience yeah, yeah we, we're now bonded so okay well everybody if you want to find me <laughs> do it no that's no. They, do my job I mean everything's just my name <laughs> t-y-l-e-r-m-a-z-a-h-e-r-i anyway boys, baby yeah. boys t-y-l-e-r-m-a-z-a-h-e-r-i
R I with a heart over the eye. Yeah. I really am like, I don't want to laugh directly into the mic because I'm like, that's an amazing, I don't want to take yeah. away. Um, but no, as always guys, you can find Tyler's social medias linked in the episode description. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Nori, where, you know, I'm probably like being a dumb bitch and you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where you will see a lovely photo of Tyler. And Aww. yeah, uh, don't forget to floss your teeth, wear your sunscreen. Don't be a fucking asshole. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye. Bye.